Shabbat Shalom, everybody. I was going to do a teaching on the Parsha today, but about six months ago, I was reading Joshua chapter 4, and it has just stuck with me. It wouldn't get out of my mind. Have you ever read a, a piece of scripture that just wouldn't get out of your mind? And it just stood with me week in and week out. I would think about this. And so as I sat down to do the message, the rock just would not allow me to go ahead and do it. I had to do it on Joshua chapter 4. Over the past six months, this, this Parsha has become uh, a metaphor for what I believe we should be doing in 2018, where I believe we should be going. And I'm hoping that the time I'm, by the time I'm done with this, that you'll feel the same way too. I'd like to read it first. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you would lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan, and the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Now, Super Bowl's just about to come on Sunday. And for those of you who are football fans, and for those of you who are even not football fans, you know that this is game day. Okay, that's what's about to happen Sunday. All Year long, these teams played to get to this point. This is what they practiced for. This is what they bled for on the field. This is what they put all their energies to to get to the Super Bowl. Sunday is game day for them. This is game day for our people. After 40 years in the desert wandering around, after the loss of Moses, after all the things they suffered the promises they had, the people, the generation that died out that never got to see what they're about to see. This is game day. Everything is about to come to fruition now. They're about to cross the Jordan and head into the promised land, the land that God had said, this is for you. And believe me, this is not simply uh, about a piece of dirt. This is about the fact that this is where God is supposed to dwell within forever. Without God being in the land, what good is the land? This is one of the most important moments in our, people's history, in our people's history. And I'm sure that this is not lost on Caleb and it's not lost on Joshua. The generation died out, but not them. 
They knew what happened at the Red Sea. They knew that a journey that was only supposed to take them a few days took them 40 years. It was not lost on them that to get to the promised land, once again, God would enter the picture, part a body of water, and they would walk through on dry ground. All the illusions of the Red Sea stand there again. The deliverance one more time to get them to a place where God wants to dwell with them. And once they get through, they're supposed to build a memorial. A memorial to tell people in the future, this is what happened here. This was the great thing that God did through his people, among his people, with his people. So they were to gather up these memorial stones. Einstein, Pablo Picasso, Frank Lloyd Wright. All these three men have something in common. Bet you don't know what it is, though. All of them left something behind. All of them share something in common with us. Every human that has ever laid foot on a piece of dirt has probably felt this very sensation. I was here. We all want to know when we pass away that there is something that said, I was here. And those three men, well, they have just that. They have testimonies that say, I was here. But you want to know, when most people talk about Picasso or Einstein, all right, very seldom, if ever, is God ever mentioned. What they talk about is they talk about the accomplishments of those men. That's what they talk about. When I talk about Moses, I can't help but talk about his accomplishments and what God had done. When I talk about David, I can't help but talk about the accomplishments that David had, had, had uh, did, and, and, and God did so many great things to him. God and David are linked. The same with Solomon. They are linked together. Now, I know you're thinking, well, Tom, they're in the Tanakh. And after all, that's all about God. So, of course, they're going to be linked with God. Mother Teresa, Corey Ten Boom, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. When I talk about Mother Teresa, inevitably I talk about her accomplishments and what God did through her. The same with Bonhoeffer and the same with Corey Ten Boom. If Yeshua is here right now, he would say, for those of you who have an ear to hear, you see, you don't have to have your accomplishments be in the Bible in order for them to be associated with God. And we come to a point in our lives where we must make determinations of what is it that we're going to leave behind. And it should be noted that I'm not in any way saying that uh, bon ha- that, uh, that uh, Einstein or... Uh, or, or Frank Lloyd Wright, or Picasso, that there was anything wrong with what they did. This is not a question of right and wrong. This is a question of what will we leave behind as a testimony 
that will last. A memorial, perhaps, that will last. What are you leaving behind? As individuals, what are you leaving behind? What am I leaving behind? As a community, as a Simcock community, what is this community leaving behind that is going to last? And what will we do in the future to make that happen? Some people, they leave behind money. Lots of money. When they die, their families inherit it. Or some people give it away philanthropically. Other people, well, they leave behind children. They have many children. And that is their legacy. That's what testifies that they were here. Some people, they leave behind good times and good memories. That's what they leave behind. But I ask you once again, what will we leave behind that fades? Have you ever walked into a cemetery and got to the older parts of the cemetery where the gravestones were from the uh, 1700s and early 1800s? And you'll look at them and you'll see that they're all faded out. Nobody ever comes to visit those gravestones because nobody's alive. Nobody knows who those men are, those women are. They don't know. So to think that somehow by having our children, that establishes a lasting legacy for us. I can go to a cemetery right now and tell you nobody visits John Smith's grave or even knows who he is from the 1700s. They don't know. Maybe they show up in some ancestry chart somewhere, but nobody really remembers them. So, what is it we're going to leave behind that lasts? Now, I, I followed you on Facebook. I know many of you. I see what we post. I, I watch what we post. And my friends, I'm afraid we're at the wrong fight. I really am. We're at a fight that we can't win. Every time one of us enters this arena and we have something to say about a politician, we've taken a side, is what we've done. For or against. And we are forever linked with that politician or that commentator. A friend of mine who I respect and admire more than most people I know, a few weeks back, made a post on Facebook saying that we should call our politicians to account the same way the prophets of old stood up and pointed out how the kings and the priests were doing evil things. I disagree with it. I disagree with it vehemently. The reason why I disagree with it is, is that we are not in Israel. We are not Israelites. We do not have a king appointed by God. We do not have a high priest. We're not even in the land. This is a republic. And as much as God may have blessed this country, there is no covenant with God for the United States. There is nothing here. For us to be modern day prophets, 
to be calling out against a particular elected official because that only places us on the side of this side or that side. The Democrat, the Republican, Republican, the liberal, the conservative, you pick your side. You will always be on that side. But the one side that we will not be on is the side that we should be on. We should be on the side of morality. When someone brings up an issue of why poor people are not being fed, we should be speaking in terms of morality. That's what we should be speaking in terms of. When people talk about whether or not life is precious, we should be talking about morality. And what does morality have to say that? When people ask us, where do we get our morality from, then we must say that we derive our morality from God. That is where we derive our morality from. And we must leave it at that. And they can determine what is right or wrong for themselves. We should not be involved in building on the foundations of this rotted political system which changes with the seasons. Which changes with every victory that comes along that's only temporary. When the next person comes, we're left behind with what we had to say because the last person is long gone. So, Tom, what does this have to do with this memorial? Everything. How are we as individuals to leave behind something that lasts? How are we to walk through the Jordan and grab our own memorial stones and build something that lasts. I'll tell you how. It's actually very simple. And I love what Ingrid had to say today. I really do. It just confirmed to me that I'm speaking to you about the right thing. I'll tell you how. The very next person that you come in contact with, then be Yeshua for that moment. Be Yeshua for that week to them. Be Yeshua for that month to them. That's what you should do. That is how we lay a memorial stone in that person. A little while ago, somebody came through that door. They ran up to me. I hadn't seen this person in a long, long time. They ran up to me and they hugged me with a hug that I hadn't felt in a long, long time. And they whispered in my ear and they said, You had such an impact on me. And they were talking about within the context of me bringing them closer to God in a way that they hadn't really thought of previously. My number one moment of 2018, right there, that moment. And I'll cherish it for years to come. And that is a foundation stone, a a memorial stone that I have laid down there. And I have laid down other memorial stones. But we must not take our eye off the ball. That is where, as individuals, we lay down our memorial stones with the next person that we come in contact with. Even if we're having a bad day, because Yeshua had bad days. Even if we're having a bad day, right? For that moment, we must move beyond who we are and we must be those people who crossed the Jordan to the promised land and we must grab the memorial stones or foundation stones and we must build in them. If as individuals, 
we keep that front and center in our mind, then I promise you, the memorial we will leave behind will be everlasting as individuals. It will. People will talk to us. When I die, I hope that people, when they talk about my accomplishments, what they will say is, boy, God really did these things through him. That's what I hope. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that for you. God did these things through me. Look at what he did. Boy, God really used him. What are we going to accomplish as a community? What are the memorial stones that Simcot Israel has laid, will lay? It's not much different here. My friends, over the last decade or so, and I don't say this disparagingly, I say this just for an alert to us. Over the last decade or so, we've begun to flounder. We have begun we began to go on a downward trajectory slightly. We used to have vibrant outreaches. We used to have a wonderful musical endeavors and plays. Uh, we used to have uh, wonderful teachings that we would uh, elevate and bring in. We used to have messianic unity. And over the time frame, we have slowly and, slowly and steadily stepped backwards. There was nothing intentional done by anybody. And it wasn't any one person that did it. It's been a malaise that has fallen over us. And yes, this community has planted many, many memorial stones over the year. But if we're going to continue to do so, we must gather together. What does it take to do that? We must begin to focus on the common goal and put beside the discrepancies. We must not all have our own little things that we are desiring to do. We must all come together for the common cause. And that common cause is, is this. We must have vibrant outreaches to our Jewish people, to let them know that our Messiah is their Messiah. That our Messiah is for them, not just for us. That God has kept his promises. We must go back to vibrant outreaches. That's why this place was established. That there may be a testimony of Jewish people who've come to believe in Yeshua and who stand for more than simply saying the Amidah. Two, this place must be a strong Jewish house of worship. We cannot sacrifice that for anything. It is who we are at our very core. It is who we were established to be at our very core. To depart from that would be to depart from the framework in which God has called us. And lastly but not leastly, for those among the nations that are seeking truth, we must be willing to teach those people from the nations of this truth so that they will know and that they can tell others. You know, you must be aware. The rabbi said something a few weeks back in the message. And he was talking about studying and he was talking about him being 
X amount of years in and how so many people think they can just walk into his office and tell him what the scriptures say. I was just teaching somebody this week about this. Are you aware that during the Civil War, the people on the South, they believed with all their heart, mind, and soul that what they were doing was right, and they got that teaching from the scriptures. The people from the North, they believed with all their heart, mind, and soul that what they were fighting for was right, what they were dying for was right, and they got that from the scriptures. And the only thing that separated them was the hermeneutic they used to pull the truth from the scriptures. Anybody could read the Bible and pull out any truth they want, but it doesn't make it truth. So when I talk to you people, and I tell you about this, my friends, I'm not simply talking about about us reading the scriptures and hoping we get it right. There are so many people that I know that in order to move ahead and lay these memorial stones, they must step beyond what they've known before and they must learn a little bit more so that they do not end up to be like the South thinking that what they did was right. I have come to the conclusion that we are not to fix the world. I have come to the conclusion that we are to allow God to repair us and then we are to touch the very next person we come in contact with and fix them as much as we can. That's what we're supposed to do. I can't stop missiles from North Korea. I can't stop rogue regimes in Iran. I can't do any of that. What I can do is reach out and touch the next person I have come in contact with. What this synagogue can do is we can get back on course and lay the foundation stones within the framework that I just laid out of vibrant outreaches. Keeping our synagogue as a Jewish house of worship and reaching out to those people who are from the nations that are seeking truth and teaching them and tell them, go back and tell the others. Joshua and these stones, they just keep going around in my head over and over again, these, uh, these memorial stones. says in that portion, you, when your children come and ask you, what does this mean to you? That sounds a lot like the Passover Haggadah, does it not? What does this mean to you? It echoes the idea that they are outside of the group. And this is a key moment of whether or not they're going to enter the group. What does it mean to you? We have built and laid many foundation stones over the earth, many memorial stones that testify to what God has done in this community over the last 30 years. Woe to us if we have somehow not conveyed that to our children when they asked us, what does this place mean to you? Woe if we've disparaged this place. 
For this was a place, is a place, that God has brought us together in. If we have done that, then we shall reap what we sowed, if that's the case. But we need not do that in the future. When our children ask us, when our grandchildren ask us, what does this place mean to you? You should tell them about the wonderful things that God has done here through us. The, the memorial stones that have been laid down here. And if you don't know them, see me later. I'll lay them out for you. There's many of them. You could ask other people too, I'm sure. But we must be prepared to do that because if we're going to move ahead in 2018, we must join together in the common goal and we cannot be scattered about because if we are scattered about, we will never achieve this. We will never achieve in this generation what God had hoped for us because we're scattered all over the place. And that's not the way the people of Israel could work. Matter of fact, sometimes over the last 10 years, I think that we've been more like the book of Judges than the book of Joshua. Each man doing what was right in their own eyes. Let us not be that. Let us lay down these memorial stones with everybody being on the same page, operating within the same framework. Now, Joshua did not do this on his own. God said, Joshua, gather 12 men from the tribes of Israel. And it's a beautiful thing, because Joshua got the word from God. He ran down to the men. He told them. The men listened. Then they executed the plan. That's not what went on in the book of Judges, but that's what went on in the book of Joshua. So Joshua didn't build the memorial by himself. No. Joshua built it with the 12 men that were representatives that God told him to choose. You have been chosen as representatives by Yeshua. You are his representatives. All of you who proclaim his name are representatives. And you have been chosen. So what will you build? What will we build? As individuals, let us strive together to build something that is a memorial that lasts. As a community, let us strive together to build something as a memorial that will last. And first and foremost, when people talk about us and what we've built that lasts, may they say, look what God has done through them. Thank you.